All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. Before we get cracking, we'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and Even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we've got back by popular demand, very special guest, Arminus Jasikonis. How are you, mate? And thanks for taking the time to join us. Sure, thank you very much. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm back uh, from Italy on Monday, so just enjoying time here in Lithuania. It's getting quite hot, but it's it's nice. I like it. Yeah, mate, obviously you've uh, just come back from a, from a great performance in Italy at the weekend at Trentino, a track you obviously know well. Um, Went 3-2 for third overall, wasn't it, mate? You're up there fighting with Lupino and Ferrato and definitely holding your own, mate. It was really impressive in the in the second moto how you chased down Lupino, obviously, who's obviously been battling in top 10s in MXGP, keeping the pace with Ferrato when he went through. Um, He's obviously been exceptional this year, mate. So must have been another good confidence boost and another great step forward. Yeah, for sure. That's a really confident booster. But, uh, of course, I know I can be good when i put it together uh actually i was surprised that i could put it together uh, on this race because i i was not expecting too much but i mean i like arco track is nice it's special but i like it so uh, in the end of the day i was um, quite surprised with my performance so i was happy about that no, mate, it looked good. And um, just wanted to ask you a couple of things about that race as well. Talk us through that aggressive pass on uh, Crotchy. Uh, straight down the inside, mate, it was uh, it was a good one. You saw the opening and you went for it. And how did you feel with the track? It's always a bit of a funny one with the sandy sections and then the concrete parts, isn't it? Yeah, about the pass, uh, it was 50-50 because I was coming downhill. I said, I will try to push inside, but I see he was going inside also. But then at at one point, I was like, oh, shit, I'm coming too fast. I have to make it, you know? <laughs> I either make it or we. I just hit him and then I crash myself. So, actually, I made it so good, the pass, that I don't even touch him or anything. I just, like, squeezed it in so good. So, I was really surprised even on the moto. I was like, hmm, that was a good job. Because uh, I didn't want it to waste too much time because I wanted to keep on the toe with uh, Lupino. So I said, okay, I have to straight away uh, make a pass so to be there. So I managed that and I was actually quite surprised about that. And uh, obviously uh, Trentino track, Arco track is is very special track. But uh, I give them big respect because they prep the track really well. Because at some Italian races I have been this year and one of the tracks was not so well done, you know, like... It was so hard and then the the team was even saying to me yeah come on what's going on you know but i say yeah this track no sorry i'm i'm not the this this is just for like some amateur riders track i i cannot like i i try to push but nothing happens you know because the track is flat there is no ruts nothing just just good traction and that's it so i was like no no but i say I said to them, like, Arco, it will be a different story, I promise. You know, I said for them, like, I promise I will try to make a podium, you know. And that's how I ended up, you know. So I was, like, uh, happy that I, like, told them that this is going to happen, you know. Like, I'm going to bring it home, the podium. And that's what I did. So I'm happy about that also. 
Yeah, mate, it's excellent. How have you found the Italian Championships and the team, obviously, overall? It's uh, cool you're doing that. Obviously, you're mixing it with the Lithuanian Championships, which you went 1-1 in recently too. Congrats, mate. So how's that all been for you, mate, racing all these extra championships as well as squeezing in that MXGP stuff? Well, as I told already a long time ago, it was not a plan. (laughs) But I said, okay, I try it. But uh, GPs is a bit too much for me. Like I'm not I'm not doing it professionally at this time and and I said okay I'm going to try just the way I feel, you know, but it just doesn't connect together. I I don't feel like I should feel there. So like the races like Italian Championship, that's what is for me, you know. I don't do too much the physical nothing and I'm still capable to do well there, you know. So GP is a bit too much, but Italian, that's what I like, you know, like I like the two days format in Italian championship. It's it's nice, you know, Saturday, you take it easy, you you learn the track, everything, and then Sunday you go for it. So it's 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 nice. And also it's a bit hard because I cannot figure it out how to work for me in the GPs because I feel like the problem for me is still like head, you know, I get so stressed out when there is a GP races. It's a bit hard. So I'm still cannot figure it out how how it should work good. But at the moment, I'm thinking just to like do as less as possible of that race and take where I can enjoy it. Yeah, that's a good approach, mate. And obviously, I think you said you plan to do seven GPs when you spoke to us and you've done three so far. Um, How's it been just getting back there, mate? Um, Must be all the people in the paddock must be so happy just to see you back there as always, mate, because you're a great bloke, always happy. And we speak to Lorenzo and, you know, he just he just always says it's it's really nice to see you and it's, you know, good to see you doing so well. And you also, do you plan on doing a few more rounds? Um, I know Arnhem, you mentioned, was one you might look out for, so... Is there anything of that on the cards or are you just sticking with um, the local domestic championships for now? Uh, so the plan now is to go Lommel, but Lommel is, I go open Europe in there. I try to hit it there, you know, as good as I can. And then the other race is maybe there is Majora GP in September. So team really wants to do that. So I think that's the only GP this year I'm going to do. Yeah. So that's that's the plan, and otherwise I will do more uh, like those international local races. But uh, GPs is, I'm just I just don't like it, you know, to to be there somewhere back in the pack, you know, mixing it up. I don't feel motivated because I know that I'm not ready for it. So it just doesn't connect together. You have to work really hard to raise the GPs, and you have to put it twenty four seven for that to be able to to go to top 10 i know now on a good day i can do top 15 close to top 10 i can do on a good day that's no problem you know even if i'm not fit and everything but but this there there is still not so much fun riding in top 10 there is completely different pace completely different riding style everything is so much easier to ride there but to be there you have to be really on it yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. You'll be hitting up Lommel, mate. Obviously, a place you know very well. Done done plenty of laps around it there, mate. It's going to be exciting. Yes. And they've announced some changes to the circuit. Have you had a little bit of a look at that? And you're looking forward to yes. it, obviously. Yes, I had a look at that. And it's, uh, it's actually very good because it will be for everybody new track. 
So it will be, I think, very nice. I think it's it's very nice that every couple of years they really change the track. It's it's good. Yeah, absolutely. And just talk about the Lithuanian, um, you know, motocross and the championship there. How is the level? And you've seen a couple of guys in, you know, in, in the MXGP and MX2 with Jazdowskis and Makonis sort of testing themselves there, mate. So how's the level there? And it's cool to see those guys at the race has given it a crack, isn't it? Yeah, like they're trying their best to go also international sometimes. It's it's not so easy because Lithuania, we have quite low level. It's it's low level, but but... I would say past years, I think it's making a step uh, forward. You know, like it's it's getting better. The the race is getting more professional. The the riders are really on it. You know, we have Latvians coming, Estonians coming. It's it mixes it up and it makes the competition stronger. So I like the way it's moving up front. You know, and I'm trying to be also here because I I enjoy it a lot racing here, and I'm trying to to make a change you know for this everything because the the thing is that in Lithuania there's none of the riders who race gps you know like full gp rider or factory rider there's nobody been there so the problem is like in Lithuania there's a lot of people who thinks they know but they know really wrong way you know like the the point is the straight the, the the point how to reach it but they go so much around it and then everybody believes it and they think it's correct but actually it's not correct so we have quite a bad approach about that you know and that is a little bit stopping us for moving forward faster to to better level yeah absolutely that's interesting because i remember last time we spoke you were talking about the the trainer life you were sort of looking into that and um obviously he's having someone like you who's you know, such a big star, you know, it must be so good for the profile of, of the sport back home. So hopefully they use you to to sort of bring through and help develop the sport and the frameworks in place to to get these kids through to the next level. Because you look at places like you said, Estonia and Latvia, especially with the Rizulis brothers and Jonas and Bidzans, like there's some really nice talent coming out of there. And we had a big chat last week um, with Steve Dixon about the talent pathway and in uh, Britain, how it's not really producing the goods. And you look at somewhere like Latvia. So what's the key to that? Or is it just a, a good generation or a, a good program? Do you have any thoughts on that, mate? For like, the thing is like in Latvia, they have like Just's brother who are really good trainers. I know that because they've been in GPs and everything and and they are managing racialist uh, guys. So I'm sure that helps racialists you know to to go where they need to go you know and not go around it and and learn after one year that this was the wrong way we have to approach different way they I, i'm sure Yust's brother are really good thing that helps to some some riders to get it there you know which like in Lufania, i i feel like this past year is getting a bit better but i don't know why but there is a others some of the trainers who is like really never even been properly riding a bike so he has not really a knowledge about that but everybody believes him so much and this is and sometimes when i hear some some talks the way they learn or something the technique or something it's not correct and i'm like it's it's weird but i'm not the one who changed it they have to understand that somebody who's been there that's the guy who should know how to do it and not the guy who's has seen it on TV or something and he thinks he knows it, you know? So so when the people come to me and they ask for my help, I'm 
all all theirs you know i'm i really like to help people but not many approaching you know i i get more approaches from other countries than from lithuania you know that's quite surprising mate it's like a wealth of knowledge and a resource pool right at the fingertips mate so you don't it's incredible to me that you don't have much interaction call it to you know at least get some structures in place because you never know what the next kid could be coming through now with your help couldn't yes they? yes like i mean with federation i have really really good connection you know like we work together really well about that but just as more personal side me as being able as a trainer for somebody that's completely different story you know but like with federation they really listen to me the people would which some of the people who is working in federation they're really good to take my um to take my opinion you know and they really take it and they it's not like they're just talking yeah yeah we will do it but they really do it you know and this is what i really like sometimes oh, it's good to hear mate and i'm just gonna sort of switch back a, a little bit to the nations is that gonna be something you look forward to doing in france in erne is the team is a is a federation gonna send a team um something that's on your radar uh the federation for sure they will send it I was talking to the president some some weeks ago and I was like just joking and saying like I'm tired I'm I just want to go for one year fully as a spectator because it's in Erne that's a real motocross competition and there's so many fans and I said I just want to go as a spectator I said I can be team manager if you want but I just want to enjoy it from other side you know and then she 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 because our president is a woman so she was like getting quite like no you have to do it because <laughs> you're the one who can you know kind of pull it pull it out and and also i mean i'm looking forward yes and no because i would like to do something different i i like to enjoy the the life i'm trying to enjoy little things so we will see what it comes up, you know, how how everybody is going to be motivated to to send a team and everything. But I'm quite sure in the end of the day, I'm going to race for uh, for uh, Team Lithuania, you know, and everything will be fine. That's exciting, mate. It's always good. Good. Uh, all the fans will love seeing you there, mate. The atmosphere should be excellent. And just going to wonder, just going to ask, how are you going, mate? How's everything going? I know you've obviously, we spoke about the tough times you go through, mate. And yeah, how, how important the family and the and the little dogs are, mate, just to, for the happiness and everything. So how is things, mate? And obviously with the sun out again in, in Europe, that's always good for you too, isn't it? Yeah, like so far I've, since since new, new year, I've been always on the sun. So I feel good, you know. But uh, overall, I'm at this moment, I can say I'm really happy the way it's going. I'm really, really happy with my myself, the way I'm enjoying life and everything. But in the end of the day, I always keep it in mind that this is not forever you know like some bad things always happens you know so i'm just trying to be always ready for something that i'm not just like ah now it's and then you give up you know i'm always trying to be focused and ready for some bad things to come or something but in the end of the day i really appreciate every day because i enjoy it so much yeah, mate, you've found a really good balance from from what you said. Obviously, uh, you love doing the riding and that's your passion as well and that's your your career. But obviously, the the kits and things, mate, with KW, you love designing those. We spoke about last time and we saw some, uh, you put a post up about some bike graphics, which they looked really nice too, mate. So all that creative stuff really sort of resonates with you, doesn't it, mate? And you've been doing more of it and now is there more to come? Yes, for sure. Like 
I always plan it up front, everything. And that's what I like racing in Lithuania because I have really good uh, partners, you know, to do. And every race we're trying to make new look for the bike and then some some gear schedule we have. So this is what makes me really excited. And when I can put it on the top of the podium, that's all I need, you know, like in the end of the day, I'm that kind of guy that some others, they, they are like, yeah, come on, put more posts in the Instagram or something for for the advertisement or something. But in I'm the guy in the end of the day, if I put it on the top of the podium, that's what is best because I'm riding the best and because I won it, you know, I won because I have the best material on it. So I'm kind of a little bit that kind of guy, but I know it's not completely correct. You know, in the end of the day, you have to advertise all your sponsors. And this is what I'm trying to change into. Yeah. How's it? uh, How do you like doing the social media stuff, mate? In general, obviously, some guys see it as a bit of a burden and uh, a bit annoying and and even doing stuff like these podcasts, mate. Do you you enjoy doing it or is it sort of hard to manage it all? Because you probably don't really know what to put up or how to do it and video, photo. So how do you manage it? I mean, uh, I mean, if you plan it up front and you have enough content, it's okay. It's no problem. But to create the content, that's the problem. You know, like I wish to make a stories where I'm talking into the camera, I'm telling some stories or something, but I'm already trying to do that for one year and I just cannot break myself. You know, I'm just feel so afraid of that camera. If somebody comes to me and films me and then I talk, it's no problem. But when I have to do it myself, I'm just like, Tomorrow is the day I'm going to do it, but tomorrow is the day is already for one year. So it's it's not easy. It's really not easy, but I'm trying. Some days I'm so motivated and I think it's working fine. And then some, like at least one week, I don't post so much. And then the, the complete uh, Instagram goes so much down. So you have to again build it up and keep on posting that it's again many people sees it because that's the way Instagram is working and you have to be really sharp. So I'm trying to learn it as good as I can. Yeah, but it mustn't be easy. Obviously, you try to race when you do these things too. And you, you, know, you hear a lot of guys like Privateers and Supercross and, you know, the guys that don't have film crew and these kind of guys, you know, or a guy following them, they say they just feel like an idiot when they're doing that talk into the phone selfie style thing. So it must be a bit of a frustration, mate. But um, yeah, back to the racing and how, how has the team been, mate? Obviously, they've you, they really wanted you at the start of the year and you you seem like you're pretty happy with that sort of freedom and flexibility you have to to do certain races and just fit in as it is and how have you been going with the gas gas mate obviously you you mentioned you were just sort of um working out some suspension settings when we spoke or a few months ago now i think so how's it all come along with the bike setup and the team in general like the team is is good i mean it's not pro pro team you know but they are good they are trying their best of course, uh, the biggest issue is English. Italians, they don't talk English. And sorry to say it, but this makes me crazy, you know. <laughs> when you're trying to tell something and you cannot tell, then you have to take translator. And it takes, it It gets me crazy. But otherwise, like, let's say the suspension, I have really great suspension guy and I'm super happy about that, you know. We need just one day to make a setting and since then I'm always happy, you know. It's just about finding right balance for the bike and some clicks there and there and some free seg changes and I'm just happy, you know. With with suspension, I'm happy. We've done also the engine changes a little bit because 
I'm uh, as I'm he heavy guy, so it we needed some engine tune, but uh, we made it we made it quite good, and I'm really satisfied also with the engine. The hours are not too short; they are just like original hours. So I'm I'm happy about that. So overall, the bike I'm for the race bike I'm happy. You know, it's enough for me. I I don't need something too much. Of course, if I would be really going on it, I would say I need more. Of course, but for now, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. And what does your training program look like at the moment, mate? How much time are you spending at home and how much time are you spending away? And are you one of those riders that likes to just sort of get the base setting of the bike and then not tweak too much? Because you hear a lot of guys obviously get, they sort of go down rabbit holes with testing and, you know, sort of get, gets into their head and affects the way they, they ride and their confidence. So how do you approach that, mate? And yeah, just what's the program like? If I like it, like... This weekend I came because I flew to the team uh, Thursday before the weekend race, you know, so I didn't ride and I sit on a Saturday on the bike and since then the, the my suspension guy made the made the setting. I never touched any click through the all two days, you know, I was just satisfied. I had a good feeling with the bike, so I didn't touch anything. And I'm also the guy if I like the, the setting, I I like to keep it the way it is. Okay, the one click there and there, for sure, I change it, you know. But uh, I'm normally the guy who don't like to make too much testing because I like to know the suspension, what it does to me, you know. Like, I want to know that when I come to that bump, I know what to expect from the suspension, you know. Or when I come to the turn, I know what to expect from it. So that's why I like to ride the same... same uh, inside setting for a long time that my muscle memory knows the suspension that's a really smart approach mate obviously with you being a bigger man we spoke about this uh and the bike setup and the advantages and the disadvantages of uh being a bigger guy so just for anyone out there just uh tell us how you go about it mate and what are some of the key things that you find difficult and you find easy uh starts i find it difficult <laughs> yeah. simple as it is you know and uh the problem is once in the turn I get my little mistake and my uh, feet which is out in the turn if it goes back to the foot peg you know like it it drags in the back that's when I don't have a control I most of the time crash because it's so hard to put such a big legs again up to the front so if you're leaning bike it's almost not possible many times and then most of the times I just crash so if my leg gets in the back of the foot peg, then I'm like, shit, I either crash or I just keep it wide open to try not to crash, you know, that keep the balance still there. And also like the thing is that little movement for me with the body, it works so much. Like for a small guy, he needs to make big movement. For me, it's only small movement and it makes already changes, you know. So also, let's say in the straight, if I go too fast on the back, I can go so easy really, you know, and then I have to clutch it and then you lose time. So also in the turns, if I lean my body too much to the inside, then I'm over leaning too much to the inside and then I make a mistake, you know. So I have to be really strong in that to not make not necessary movements in that. 
Yeah, it's fine margins, mate, uh, just to make up time and where you can lose time. And looking at your technique, mate, I'm li- listening to you talk about all these little fine details and it just brings me back to the training, mate. Is there Have you got a timeline when you actually think you might get into the training or get a few riders under your belt, mate? Because uh, it's just cool hearing you talk about it. What what exactly we're talking about, you know? Yeah, I think, mate, it'd be cool to see you, you know, maybe at GPs with your own riders and, and teaching them all your skills, mate. Yeah, for sure, for sure, like... I wish to to go more also international with 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 the training and everything but uh, it takes time for everything it takes time and I like to to share my my experience you know because I know that I have some some skills which many many don't have it you know like so to share that and learn some other riders I'm always feel proud about that obviously and being on factory teams and you know having so many awesome teammates and team managers and and resources to to work out things about the bike and and how to manage a career because obviously leaving home like you did it's not easy and to impart that knowledge is pretty impressive so just talk about the you sort of have you had any advice to these young kids what would you tell them when they're making their steps into the professional game well there's too many of things <laughs> to tell you know but but i i think when you're small is about trying to to find having fun yes having fun is one but but just always be professional you know like i don't say like be a professional but just that you are a little bit always on your schedule not just like ah today we go riding you know it's not about that but it's about also like waking up and making running it doesn't have to be long but just all the time that that your body gets used to it, you know, that your body knows that, okay, morning we go small run, we make some stretching, maybe a couple exercises, maybe it takes only half hour, you know, whatever. Because we have, a, in Lithuania, we have our academy team with my dad and uh, we have also kids, kids there, like three, three riders, 185 and 265. And that's the thing what we have, you know, even before school, they must wake up and go for a run for like only 10 minutes, you know, only 10 minutes. Then I I send them the exercises for abs. It takes two minutes, three minutes, and then some some for, for the legs exercise, which takes also four minutes or something. And then just a little bit stretching and that's it. So it takes 20, 30 minutes, you know, but it's just that every day they do that, you know that they they get used to it like this like when they grow up they know what to do you know they're already professional because they've been doing this it's not just like oh no i don't want to do this you know i never done this so i don't want to do it so that's what we are trying to to get them you know and then after the school if there is no riding day or nothing then you go for sure for a longer run but just nothing too crazy but just always that you're learning them from small age what what you have to do you know what is your work to do that's a good point mate obviously discipline sort of structure creating exactly just just, i was searching for the word discipline you know that's the most important thing just have a discipline it doesn't have to be anything long but just that that his brain fixes it you know that it knows that it has to be done 
Yeah, and if the kids love it and they're passionate about it, it won't feel like work to them, will it? So want to get to. And obviously you see a lot of training in America. They have a lot of those sort of, you know, factories, I guess, and they basically get young kids in amateurs and they just train, you know, they do all the gym, they do the bike. Obviously that's an intense sort of example, but is that the way you see is a good uh, a good platform for kids to get to that level, to get that discipline, to get the structure? Yeah, for sure. Not get them too crazy about that. Yeah. In the end of the day, they must have fun. But that's what in the team we have because there is a couple kids. When there is a couple kids, even, even if we are always like looking for them or everything, but in the group, they always find some shit to do, you know, like <laughs> they always have fun, you know. So there is a time when they have to be focused, but when there is no training, they do what they want. When they have their, done their job, we don't care what they do, you know, they must have fun and everything. But there is some part of the, the day when they just have to do their work. And, and that's it, you know, after they just enjoy it. We don't want to get them too crazy about that, that when they're like 16, 17 or 18, and they're like, I don't want to race it anymore mm. because it's just too much, you know. No, it's it's not the goal to do that. That's the age when they have to be sharp and hungry for to really race it and go for it you know and most obviously we are really trying like my dad is always training the small kids you know 50 65 and 85 i'm normally kind of taking over or he's still training them you know but 85 125 that's when i'm taking over a little bit with training and on the small age it's all about just learning them riding riding technique and just not breaking too much in the turns just just keeping your speed because the problem is of most kids they just come they break they stop complete in the turn and they restart and they're it's just not going anywhere you know yeah so that's that's the main goal really good technique we don't care about the jumps you know if the kid wants to jump and he feels it he jumps it but we never push for the jumps we never push them you know there comes the age when he starts to feel good and he starts to scrub and whip and jump and everything there comes the time so this we don't push so technique on the corners and and on the straights and just approaching turn and not stopping in it I like it, mate. I like your approach. And do you sort of get the kids to, you know, watch videos of yourself riding in MXGP, say 2020 in Latvia or something, you know, those kind of races. Yeah. Just your flow was immense, mate. And maybe do you sort of get them to have a look at someone like a Jet Lawrence, you know, the smoothness and the momentum that he carries exactly. in the corners. Is that the kind yes. of thing you do too? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the main goal because where you get the most speed, corners, you know, that's the where you get the most. And, and when you can keep the average speed good you know you don't break too much in the turn that's also doesn't get you too tired you know you don't have to waste your power of accelerating full throttle because when you see jet he has so much flow he doesn't put too much effort in it you know so even i'm sure if he's not fit and he comes to a bike he's still able to do decent laps you know and long motors because just the flow he has it doesn't ask from him from physical too much yeah, absolutely. I mean, for sure, for sure he's fit, but I mean, if, you know. Yeah, and just talking about the youth development, do the kids you're working with, are they going to hit that EMX framework eventually? And how good do you think it is? Because obviously it's working pretty well. You saw in France, there was three guys, 17 and under in the top 10, obviously Kuhn and one in that second mode on. You had Zanke and Rossi who, who usually race EMX 250. So what's your take on the EMX framework and how well is it working? 
if you're talking from Lithuanian riders perspective, it's hard to say about that, you know, like even with, with the kids we are having, we don't know, you know, if we, you know, just when they get turned 16, 17, that's when you kind of start to see it. But now, even if he's good now, you don't know what happens after five years, you know, maybe he's just starts hanging out with the bad kids. And then he says to, to parents, sorry, but I don't want to race motocross It's no fun, you know? So, so it's, it's a big thing. We never look too much up forward, but we trying to get them ready for the, for when they grow up, you know, for the future, we are trying to get them ready, but we don't expect nothing at this moment. You know, we never expect too big results or something out of the riders. So, we it's not like we are the the group which is pushing for the results we don't care about that for sure it's very it's very nice uh, prize for all our team my dad and everybody when the kid gets podium it's nice prize but if not we know what to work on you know and and just work it's it's never gets too focused on the podiums it's a good methodical way to look at it, mate. Because obviously, when when kids are developing, you know, you don't. It's not all about the results. It's about building the blocks to the technique, and even to learn about losing as well. Because kids, some of them, they just want to win, 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 win. So teaching them all yes. those little life lessons, you can integrate, can't you? Exactly. Exactly. It's about. It's it's about learning the kid to be to be ready for his future. You know, to for the bad days and good days. Because the problem is most of us probably learns on what happens on the good days, you know, that, that, sorry, on the bad days, what you have to do, you know, you have to never give up and work, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, I think not many are learning what to do on the good days when you had a good result of racing, you know, and that's very important because many times it happens that one good race and another, another race goes to hell, you know, because the problem is, Sunday, you had a good race, you enjoy it. Monday, everything is from the zero, you know. You have to be focused, you have to restart because that's motocross. Other riders, they work to get your ass kicked. So you have to be ready and work up front, you know. Yeah. So this is this is this is very important. Yeah, and obviously motocross being an individual sport, there's so much of a mental side to it, isn't it? So do you, how do you sort of go about teaching kids that, mate? It mustn't be too easy just to get their head around things at that age because you know they probably don't know what they're going through and and have the have the tools to cope with certain things so just trying to be there and reassure them mate must be the way to go yes exactly you're you're trying to be always look ahead and and trying to help them but in the end of the day most of the times they have to learn themselves and then when they learn themselves that's when you connect it and you tell them that yeah this is this is what happens you know now you know and for the future you will know what not to do that this would not happen you know so this is you you try always to tell it you know that this can happen and this will happen if you do this but yeah they have to find themselves you know they have to do it most of the time yeah for sure mate learn through experience like you've done that's that's probably the best way to do it and Talking back, just shift the focus back to the professional level at MXGP, mate. How have you actually found the standard of racing? Obviously, it's extremely high, and you know, you see guys like Prado, Prado Hurlings, Fevre, um, just you know, at a really, really good speed, and just 
managing weekends, especially in the Prado case with the qualifying races. So what have your takes been back at the GPs, uh, qualifying races, the speed, the intensity, all that? How's it been? It's it's tough. Once you get out of it, get back into it, it's tough. When you're not mentally ready and you're not fit, it's basically don't go there. You know, you have to be fit. You have to be ready for it, you know, because even how good you are, if you haven't raced it for a while and you haven't been the, the guy like Jeffrey, who's the winning guy, you know, get ready, get your ass kicked, you know. And and just build it from there, basically. That simple as it is. Yeah, absolutely. And just your take on the, the track preparation and, and some of the bad injuries in MXGP. Obviously, you saw Hurlings, saw Iago. You know, there's been heaps. Guadagnini, Simon Lagenfelder. There's Maxime Renault with the foot. There's been so many. Do you think um, the track prep, do you think they need to have maybe less racing on the Sunday so they can actually do more track prep? Because, you know, every day they've got the four classes on there, so there's not much time to do all this stuff. Or do you think... Um, these guys need to be challenged and you know they could they're just going too far they're going too fast not finding the limit so maybe they need to balance their you know approach with rolling off the throttle what's your take on it all well it's hard to say but when i raced in france i like saturday it was hell of a rough but yeah. it was less speed you know and this is what i liked it but i think you never know till you try it you know like everybody says yeah you must do this and that but Maybe it doesn't work, but to know it, you have to try it. You know, they have to try to to change it and then see if it works. But I think for now, if they wanna, it's about small things. I think they have to be a bit more sharper with these things. You know, like in France, the downhills were the biggest problem, most of the crashes. So they had to be sharp with the downhills. You know, they had to maybe take a little bit more time, but just flat those those downhills before the races you know this is where i think sharpness needs to be you know to to make those bad places yeah kind of as safe as possible you know and uh, those where alberto crashed the big crash mm. that takeoff was gnarly also you know all the weekend i was like jumping either wheelie or something yeah. <laughs> it was always so difficult you could not get it because it was so soft there it was hard and and I don't know, like, I think they, from my side, I would say they have to be sharp, have some rider who is give suggestions or something, you know, this maybe a little bit would help. I know it cannot go upside down everything. This doesn't work. But just to be more sharp, it would help, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think maybe they should run those AMX races more on the Saturday and leave the Sunday for just MXGP and MX2? Maybe do you think, that would be a good approach to have just so they could do that. Keep sharp and keep on the ball and not have so much to worry about. But I think like on Sunday, the EMX, they only racing in the morning, you know. Afternoon is always for MXGP and MX2 classes. So they always have time to do some changes if they need to. It's just about, uh, I think, mainly about Saturday. Yeah, Because enough. Saturday is busy. Saturday yeah. is very busy. So... On this is, is hard. I never thought about this. So I would basically I maybe would need to now go in the bed and have a thing to 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 think my opinions, you know, because on this is hard to say. Of course, less classes, they can work more on the track, but 
also i'm not a fan when they always keep the track too flat you know then it's yeah. also not fun so it has to be a balance but yeah. in the end of the day you can never run away from the injuries because yeah. i see that one year there comes that there are so many injuries the next year is way less and what changed almost nothing but just that's just how it works you know one year it can be a lot of injuries it just it just works the way it is you know like maybe next year there will be so much less injuries and then next year again many injuries that's motocross you know that's just motocross yeah it's a bit of a lose-lose because obviously they try to have the tracks really technical and ruddy and all these sort of you know challenging sections but that's to slow it down and then they flatten it out and then there's speed and if you have a crash at higher speed the consequences are more severe so you can't really yes. win at this point mate but um I just wanted to get your take on the actual fans and, and the vibes at the MXGPs because we've been hearing from, you know, the boss and a lot of the riders we speak to that it's really good. All the fans are coming out, especially, you know, the French one and the Spanish one was really good. Portugal, the Italian ones were always well supported. So how have you found it, mate? Do you think there's a bit of a sort of rise in popularity of the series? I think for sure it's always step-by-step step getting more popular. But I think also that the covid is like completely gone it took a time to get back into it you know everything i feel like this year is when the motocross is really getting back into it for mxgp you know it took a while a little bit but now i think it's it's getting there it's getting there and for sure motocross of course it's it's everybody like step by step everybody is getting to know it you know so in the end of the day for sure it's getting slowly more popular yeah, absolutely. And I just had a couple more questions before we let you go, mate. Um, Obviously, with the, you know, Triumph and Ducati entering MXGP in the future, you know, Ducati is looking like it'll be the following year. But um, would I reckon you'd be a pretty good candidate to even be, you know, maybe not a rider, but a test rider to help develop the bike and to give them some advice, mate? Uh, would that be something of interest to you? Yeah, you call me. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Like, I like, you know, like, I'm... Um... I like testing things, you know, like if I'm riding a lot, I can have a lot of feeling on the bike and I can give quite sometimes, most of the time, quite accurate things, you know, at least that's what I have been doing before. And that's what I had uh, from other people saying that the, the things, what I say, it's quite accurate, what it should be normal. So for sure, I would like to like as a test rider, I would love to work, you know, like this, I like. Yeah, I like the idea of that. It sounds good, mate, because there's not that many people out there with your experience, mate, and just what you've been through in your career. It's it's pretty amazing, mate. So they'd be you'd be a real asset to anyone looking to looking to get into that, mate. And just want a couple more on the on the gear and the vlogs, mate. Is there some exciting plans in the future with that kind of stuff too? Uh, at the moment, we have a couple more new callers for sure because we had plenty of callers this year coming. But uh, it's not too many left callers. Mainly it's the same ones. And for future, let's see what comes up. But I have one cool gear I'm going to run in Lithuanian Championship. But I don't know if this week it comes. If it doesn't come. Because this this weekend is the second round. And uh, if it doesn't come, the next round I will I will run uh, quite a special gear. I'm I'm quite excited actually for that. So I always love uh, love this makes me excited. 
Yeah, I can see, mate. It'll be exciting, uh, you know, round this weekend. And um, what's the track looking like where you're heading to? And just your thoughts on Indonesia, mate, with the MXGP heading there. Uh, obviously, you got to watch out for the food with the food poisoning. A lot of people got sick last year. So just some key things to to be aware of for that. And um, will you be watching? For sure. I always uh, follow up MXGP. That's, that's, uh, that's for sure. But... Uh, I love Indonesia. Somehow I love it there. To go as a, just to go there, somehow I have a nice feeling. To race there, I feel sketchy. Sorry, but I feel sketchy. If you get injured there, I don't know if you survive there, you know. But otherwise, I like to go there. Somehow it gets me excited to go there. I, I, I like the way it's completely different world for me, you know, and this makes quite fun for me and it's and it's warm and it's different and it's 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 nice for sure for sure yeah it's a funny one with the with the world championship aspect they want to travel to to all over but yeah it is a bit of a concern with the medical treatment because you've heard some you know riders having issues in places like brazil and mexico and you know your guys health and safety is absolutely paramount because without you guys there's nothing mate but um yeah tough question to sort of answer that isn't it yeah you know what do you do you got to keep running it i guess yes yes but i don't know it's 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 difficult thing but i always feel feel afraid of that and i they have to bring their own doctors yeah <laughs> i mean you have to have really their own doctors and but in the end they have to have all equipment and everything but in the end of the day this is possible in future i i hope they do this you know that every race you go you know that it's always same every race any race you make a crash you have always the same same people taking care of you you know and with good equipment and everything yeah absolutely and obviously it's expensive especially for the smaller teams to do these races so you know any support with that side of thing would be really great absolutely and uh just just one more wait uh tell the fans where they can buy the gear follow you keep track of all you're doing mate yeah thanks again for joining us it was a great chat yeah sure like I hope we can, we launch it uh, to sell uh, KW gears my colorway soon. I'm going to text it now to ask when we can do this. But otherwise uh, for sure just uh, keep uh, following following me up on Instagram and that's where you're going to see all the things coming up. Yeah, awesome mate. Before we let you go, we'll give the sponsors a shout out in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even the Strokes for all their incredible supporters. Without them, there is no us. So thanks again, Arminus, mate. All the best for the weekend, and we look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you very much for this call. It was a pleasure. Thanks, mate.